0: Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Tom Cheney and this is Living Health Live, my co-host for the show. And in our practice is my wife, Dr. Stephanie Cheney. Thanks for joining us. This is your show, so take advantage of this time to begin your journey to good health. Dr. Steph and I provide information and instructions on how to live a better and healthier life free of chronic diseases like diabetes, neuropathy, autoimmunity, pain and arthritis, and so much more to help you learn and grow. This is your place to get valuable information about your health challenges, so feel free to check out our website at mylivinghealth.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, or you can call our office at 410-216-9180. I'd also like to take a minute to um, thank our sponsor, Cyrex Labs, for their support. And today, uh, we're going to get started, and we're talking about is a gluten-free diet right for you? And why Why are some people trying a gluten-free diet and they're not getting results? So um, back in 2012, we published our book, Lose the Gluten, Lose Your Gut, Ditch the Grain, Save Your Brain, which outlines... Um, you know, some of these points that we're going to go over today, but why don't we just start off with what in the heck is gluten?
1: <laughs> so gluten is a large protein that is found primarily in wheat. Um, a large portion of the, the whole wheat now is gluten. We've sort of um, engineered it in this country to be really, really high in, in this gluten protein. And um, and it's also found in other grains to a lesser degree, but still in other grains like barley, spelt, and rye. And it is named gluten. It has the word glue in it because it is the protein that is the binding gluey protein that, that when you think of, like, for example, a, a wheat-based product like a bagel or a, or a bread loaf or a pizza crust – that, that nice glueiness that holds it all together, um, that's coming from the gluten protein. So um, that's what the gluten is. Um,
0: now, when most people think of gluten, they actually um, think of a condition called celiac disease. So what's, right. what is celiac disease?
1: Well, celiac disease is an autoimmune condition. So here we're, we're throwing that word around a lot lately. So autoimmunity is where your immune system is attacking you. Um, certain tissue in your body. Celiac is specifically you attacking um, the lining of your intestines. It's an extremely debilitating disease. Um, It leads to a lot of secondary issues like osteoporosis, um, malnutrition, Uh, diabetes, because you're essentially now almost starving the body because you're um, causing so much inflammation to the intestinal lining that you're not able to absorb your nutrients, right, or digest your food properly. Um, And so it's extremely a painful, debilitating condition. Having said that, um, only a small percentage of people that have gluten intolerance or gluten reactivity actually have celiac disease. So um, it is the one Um, food allergy or intolerance gluten um, that is medically recognized and it's been directly associated with celiac disease. And so that is a known and medically accepted diagnosable, you know, um, the cure for celiac disease is medically known to be get off gluten and stay away from gluten. Um, But about 80% of the people That are walking around with gluten intolerance do not have celiac disease. They have a myriad of other conditions that they have no idea are being caused by gluten. Sometimes they seem so highfalutin and far off, like headaches or knee pain, joint pain. Um, other types of autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis. There could just be a myriad of issues, heart disease, diabetes, um, neuropathy that are caused by the gluten reactivity, and the patient doesn't have celiac, so they never really get a proper diagnosis and a proper workup.
0: So we're basically talking about two different groups here. We're talking about the celiac group, and then we're talking about the non-celiac gluten reactive group group.
1: Right. The bulk of people that actually have gluten intolerance are non-celiac gluten reactive people.
0: And the way that these two groups um, respond to an exposure to gluten is totally different. So right. symptoms with the celiac patient is typically going to be gastrointestinal type symptoms. Yeah. So intestinal cramping, uh,
1: pain, gas, uh, diarrhea. I mean, right. that's, that's the celiac group. Um, And then the non-celiac group, like I said, could manifest in a myriad of different ways. Um, And then we see a lot of cross, um, you know, people that have one autoimmune disease are, if it's left unchecked, can be prone to many. And so we've got um, really popular uh, secondary autoimmune diseases with people that have celiac are the Hashimoto's thyroid autoimmune disease or type 1 diabetes. Rheumatoid arthritis—they kind of tend to run in packs. But if you're not manifesting it as celiac disease, your gluten reactivity—you're basically non-celiac, gluten reactive.
0: So, how do we distinguish one from? I mean, one is the symptoms. How we distinguish the two groups? How else can we? I think that the the thing that most people are probably thinking: Well, you know, how do I know if if I if you know celiac disease? You have symptoms, and they're pretty obvious. But with this other group, this this non-celiac gluten reactive group, how would I know that I have this condition?
1: Well, um, the simplest and easiest way is to just take all gluten out and see how you feel. Um, Your body never lies. So even if you don't have a medical diagnosis of anything, um, you know, it's very easy to poo-poo the whole going gluten-free thing. But if you yourself know that I don't, you know, I don't have foggy thinking, I've lost 10 pounds, my joints don't hurt when I take the gluten out, well, Maybe there's something to that, right? Um, we do pretty extensive testing in our office. You know, some some major labs out there that most people are familiar with do um, gluten immune testing, um, and they're looking for um, a specific breakdown molecule from gluten called alpha gliadin, and they test for that at most major labs because that is the specific gluten molecule associated with celiac disease. So that's a standard test. Unfortunately, there's four or five other gluten breakdown molecules that aren't routinely tested for that patients can be positive for which make them gluten reactive, but negative for celiac disease. It doesn't mean they don't have gluten reactivity and that whatever condition they're dealing with is not associated with the gluten. So the lab that we use is Cyrex Laboratories. They are the creme de la creme of gluten um, and immunological testing um, out there as far as we know. Um, And they run a very extensive gluten panel for us and our patients where they are not just testing for alpha gliadin but they're testing for all of the breakdown molecules of alpha gliadin, and in that test, they actually even test for some of the glue proteins that our own body has, which we can start to become reactive to because of the gluten reactivity. And so, um, you know, oftentimes we've had patients where they've they've been tested for gluten with a major lab, and they came back negative and they say, oh, I don't have a gluten problem. So, they keep eating gluten-filled foods, and they keep having whatever their symptoms are. And um, But we run our tests, and they may be negative to the alpha gliadin, but they may be positive to four, three or four of the other gluten molecules, and they're definitively gluten-reactive. And so, it's an important test because you can get a lot of false negatives with just the mainstream um, lab testing. Um, and so, that's That's essentially what we do for that. Um, To confirm if someone has celiac or not, it's a little bit more. There's more immunological testing. They're looking for a certain, again, glue protein in the gut lining itself. It's called transglutaminase. So anytime you hear the word glue somewhere in there, it's the gluey protein thing. We have our own glue proteins that hold our body together. We didn't have gluey proteins to bind our body together. We'd be a pile of jelly rolling around on the floor. Um, but a very specific transglutaminase 2, um, if you have antibodies to that or immune response to that, plus alpha gliadin antibody, then you are more likely to have um, celiac. The most definitive way to determine if someone has celiac disease or not is from an intestinal biopsy. Um, and you have to be eating lots of gluten to get a nice positive test. If you've been off gluten for a while and then want to get confirmed, you may show up negative because your gut has started to heal (laughs) and you're not going to show up as a positive. So the only way to really get a definitive, um, biopsy is if you've been eating gluten for a while, um, and got yourself all good and inflamed.
0: (laughs) So on a personal note, just to kind of go back to these two groups, um, Talk about the non-celiac gluten reactive. Um, I did this. I personally had the Cyrex test done, and it was prior to us writing the book, so it must have been back in probably, eight probably years ago. Yeah, probably 2010. And um, and so when I got my test back, those markers that you talked about, the markers that f- for non-celiac gluten reactive patients were just like s- off the chart, very high. Um, and that's when I totally cut out gluten from my diet. And I've been gluten free ever since. And some of the things that I noticed that, you know, some common symptoms that patients that fit into this category may, may have would be um, fatigue. So I noticed that, you know, my energy returned, I had better energy, um, brain um, clarity. So my, my thinking was clearer, um, less fogginess.
1: And the funny thing is, you probably didn't even realize you had an actual issue with those things until they went away. Right. That's exactly. what a lot of patients will say. Right. Like I didn't even know I could think this clearly. Right. <laughs> thought that was my normal.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I was I was quote unquote healthy. Um, I was you know functioning at what I thought was a hundred percent. Thought you know everything was going great. But you know I had knee pain that disappeared. I had so joint pain was another symptom that I had. Um all these different little things, um, maybe just not feeling quite, um, right after a meal bloated. Um, so I did have some intestinal issues as well, but I think the three were the, the neurological, which is the foggy thinking, um, and then the memory associated with that, the fatigue, and then also the joint pain Mm -hmm. and the joint, um, issues. So, um, so it and it took a while to actually really notice it. It wasn't like immediate um, results either. So it did take a while for me to be off gluten before I before I noticed these changes. Now, um, so we talked about um, the testing for each of these. So let's let's discuss. So if a patient wants to cut gluten out of their diet. Where would one find gluten? What? Where are some of the products? Well,
1: we, we said earlier that it's found primarily in wheat. So anything um, anything that contains wheat or wheat flour is going to be a gluten containing product. Um, rye and barley also um, contain wheat. Uh, sorry, gluten. And so those are also gluten react spelt. Barley and rye also contain um, gluten. So anything. Bread-based, wheat-based, pizza, pasta, bagels, cookies, granola bars, cereal, flatbread wraps. Um, There's also a lot of, in the food manufacturing industry, there's a lot of um, products that are manufactured you would not even believe have gluten in them that actually have gluten in them. Um, In our book, we list out the names that food manufacturers can use um, to sort of mask gluten in a product. Um, And so uh, things like um, anything that's basically sort of got an emulsified thickness to it, like um, gravy and broths and sauces and spice mixes and dressings, um, they can all contain gluten as a binding agent almost like a gluey type of product so um and anything coated or dusted with flour is probably going to have have gluten in it
0: so you also have to think about your um skincare and beauty products things like these are things that people don't think of like shampoo conditioner Mm -hmm. lotions cosmetics
1: even toothpaste check out your shampoo ingredient list it may say autolyzed wheat and if it says autolyzed wheat, or if it says gluten, then it's got gluten in it. And some people are extremely intolerant to gluten and don't realize that.
0: So after listing all these things, I bet our listeners are thinking, so what the heck can I eat? Yep. Today, we're getting into um, the question, is gluten fr- is a gluten-free diet right for you? And why are some people changing over to a gluten-free diet, but they're not seeing results or any health changes? So we went through what gluten is. we talked about celiac disease versus non-celiac gluten reactive disease. We talked about um, testing and how to diagnose these conditions. we talked about what what is gluten found in. Now let's talk about um, gluten free products because you can't go through the grocery store without seeing you know gluten free this gluten free that. so are these products actually healthier for you?
1: Not necessarily. And so we've got now a very um Big multi billion dollar gluten free industry, which I am in agreement with when it comes to certain things. Um, but just because you're eating gluten free does not mean you're going to be healthy. So, as many of our listeners know, we do diabetes reversal, autoimmune remission programs, neuropathy reversal. And, um, you know, diabetes is a problem where sugars are elevated. A lot, if you're just going to replace your wheat based products with gluten free versions of them, you are still getting very high carbohydrate content throughout the day, high sugar, sometimes even more because... Let's be honest, some of these gluten-free replacements don't taste as good and so they have to add additional sugars and things to to sweeten them up to make them a little bit more more tasty. So, if you're going to just replace your bread with gluten-free bread and you're going to replace your cookies with gluten-free cookies and gluten-free cereal, well, you know, you could be actually introducing a lot more corn and white rice and other starchy grains to the diet and just because you think they're safe again does not mean they're diabetic friendly um, or weight friendly so there is some valid research out there and clinically we see this a lot as well um, is if you just simply replace all of your your gluten-filled stuff with gluten-free stuff and not pay attention to how you formulate your plate how you manage your meals your portions um, then you can actually end up with a worsening situation. For a long time, um, it was our, our bookkeeper, actually, um, our previous our initial bookkeeper that we had, she um, she had celiac disease, and she was very outspoken about it. And uh, she said, you know, for a long time, the celiac population just avoided bread and grain products altogether because they didn't have all these gluten-free options that we have now. You know, we're talking 20, 30-plus years ago. And uh, since all these gluten-free products have hit the market. Good replacement options for people. Um, now there's an epidemic in the celiac community of obesity and diabetes. Why? Well, because they're just eating sugary junk food. Um, Mass does health foods because it's gluten-free. It is not going to stimulate their immune system to attack their intestines, but... If you eat a lot of sugar and carbohydrates and junk food, you're going to end up getting diabetes and gaining weight. So then you got a whole other slew of issues. So just because you're eating gluten-free does not mean it's healthier.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So uh, another, um, uh, another thing that I hear from patients is they come in and they say, well, I tried a gluten-free diet and it, and it didn't work. Yeah. So why, why would that happen?
1: Well, um, like I said, it could be that they're just getting too much processed food, chemicals, sugar, just because they they just switched everything up for the gluten-free stuff. And so that could be an issue. Um, so they could be getting just too much sugar, too much calorie, too much carbohydrate, causing um, insulin resistance and, and pre-diabetes and, and whatnot. Um, another issue is, you know, if you are eating lots of sugar, it's very exhausting for the body to process all the sugar and it leads to a lot of brain fatigue, um, lethargy, things like that. So they may still feel like dumpy and tired and, you know, not sleeping well, but all they want to do is sleep throughout the day just because they're eating just too much sugar. Another thing that um, we need to address is something called cross reactivity or cross association. And so, uh, once again, we go back to our specialized testing, um, and uh, there is a panel that we run with Cyrex Laboratories. It's called Array 4. I believe. And uh, it is a cross-reactive test. So sometimes confusion can happen with your immune system. And we can actually develop those uh, anti-gluten antibodies to some gluten-free foods. And so the panel we run checks the very common gluten-free foods that people eat as a replacement to see if you're actually reacting to them like they're gluten, which means you could be Having the gluten reactions you would have with wheat based products to some of these gluten free foods. So, rice, corn, potato starch, um, a millet, uh, oat that's a very common gluten-free replacement, dairy, egg, particular egg white. Um, there's a whole list of these foods that we test for to see if you're specifically having a gluten reaction. Not just are, do you have a food allergy, but are you getting that gluten reaction? And so, um, for example, you, know, you had all these tests showing you were positive for gluten, and that was definitely a direct indicator for your symptoms. In my case, I don't have a lot of really high markers for gluten, but my highest marker for gluten was a reaction to tapioca. Tapioca is found in a lot of processed gluten replacement foods because if you're going to take the glue out, you got to put a binder in, otherwise bread won't hold together. Cookies will just be powder. And so... Tapioca is very common starch to put in. And for me, that is gluten. And to this day, because it's probably been 10 years since I tested myself, every once in a while I go out there and I test the tapioca. And I'll have something like a pasta that is made with tapioca. And man, is it ever delicious. But I bloat up like a puffer fish and I get the worst gluten gut kind of scenario. And I don't have celiac disease, but I manifest it as, as a really bloated gut. I also get the brain fog and all I want to do after I eat is curl up into a corner on the couch somewhere and fall asleep. So so that's another, that's an issue for me as well. So if someone's gone gluten-free, but they have cross reactions and they're having gluten reactions to rice flour, Um, or whey protein, so they're doing whey protein shakes every day, which is gluten-free. You know, these are not necessarily unhealthy foods, but for that person, it may be their gluten. And so they could be having all the same medical issues or symptoms, and they're thinking, oh, well, this gluten-free diet is stupid. It didn't work. Um, doesn't work for me. Good luck with that. But meanwhile, they may have gluten issues, but they're having them to not just gluten. They're having them to a bunch of other proteins. So the cross-reactivity, cross-association thing is very important thing to test for um, because a lot of gluten-free foods on the market are made with things that people actually can have gluten reactions to. So... In summary, you could be having gluten reactions to the gluten-free proteins in the gluten-free products you're eating. You could also be consuming way too much sugar in a lot of these processed cakes, breads, pastries, and whatnot that are gluten-free. So you could literally end up with still having diabetes, obesity, um, whatever symptoms you're dealing with because because of those reasons. So what we do is... We instruct our patients um, in uh, all of our books on how to structure your plate, how to structure your snacks, how to time things throughout the day so that you don't have insulin resistance. And you're you're not just eliminating gluten, but you're, for the most part, eliminating grain. And you're only gonna select the grains that are really, truly non-gluten reactive for you. So if you don't test positive to rice, you can have brown rice periodically throughout the day. And we teach you something we call Dr. Steph's plate rule, where you know most of your plate should be vegetables, 50 to 75% vegetables. Um, and then a smaller portion of your plate should be meat protein, good quality protein, lots of good oils and fats. If you can fill up more on that stuff, then you're going to need less grain in the diet. And then the only grain you should bring in if you're, if you're trying to stay away from gluten is the stuff that you're truly not having gluten reactions to.
0: And the only way we know that is if we run Cyrex Array 4 and then we can look and we can judge and we can actually see which ones are normal, which ones are out of range, and then totally customize the diet based on those those test reactions.
1: Right. And then for patients clinically in our office, when they come in and they have all this stuff going on, uh, the the most important thing is working on making sure that their gut barrier is up because, you know, when, when there's a lot of inflammation in the intestines and the gut is leaky, then you're more likely to have some of these food allergies, food reactions, autoimmune issues. And so we get that gut barrier working again with certain supplements, modify the diet so that you're not hungry, but you're functioning well, you're getting the nutrients you need, and you're happy with what you eat. That's the trick.
0: So for more information, we really get into the details in our book, Lose the Gluten, Lose Your Gut, Ditch the Grain, Save Your Brain. You can check it out. It's on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle or you can get the paperback. You can also go to our store. Um, it's livinghealthmarket.com. We are also selling it there. So you can pick it up there. It goes through and talks, you know, like I said, more details about what gluten is, um, where you're going to find it. We get into the testing in more detail. And then if you want to cut it out, then we, we help you with that. We help you with, okay, this is what your plate's going to look like. And these are some foods. We even have some recipes in the back, which is really helpful. So um, let's talk. We talked about some of the places that are are, um, that gluten is found. Do you want to go through some of the hidden places that we? Yeah, so
1: um, spice mixes. So if you're um, if you're buying pure herbs like thyme or tarragon or oregano, a pure herb is not going to have gluten in it. Um, but you get these like, you know, steak spice mixes and things like that. Um, bouillon cubes, you know, the gravy makers and the sauce enhancers and soup enhancers, a lot of flavor enhancers, monosodium glutamate. There's that word again, glue, right? So monosodium glutamate, um, is another, uh, another source. And so these things are found like in sauce thickeners, um, Even certain salad dressings and gravies and soups, like commercially made soups, even broth. Like you can go to, you know, any natural food market and get organic chicken broth, for example. And um, it may have gluten in it. Uh, And so that can be a problem as well. So you have to really make sure that some of those spices, specialty products that are not obvious it's not a loaf of bread that has gluten in it Um, you're checking the ingredient list in our book we list out um, a lot of the different ingredient names because you know these these label makers get a little shady sometimes and um, they don't have to they can put all the sciencey words like autolyzed yeast for example is code for msg or gluten and autolyzed yeast is what you find in the spice mixes the, the broths, it's a flavor enhancer, um, the bouillons, that type of thing. So if you're seeing that in a spice mix or whatever, then that's code for put it down, walk away. It's got gluten in it. Um, and so, uh, so those are the kind of the hidden areas that, that most people don't think about.
0: Yeah. So I would say, um, anything that says natural flavors, you probably want to look at the ingredients really closely and see what's in it. Um, we, we mentioned, you know, Dr. Steph mentioned any, any of the seasonings, anything that's flavored, um, even things like dips, like hummus or um, chip dips, you know, anything like that you wanna take a look at, salad dressings and sauces, um, even like ketchup and mustard. You'll find sometimes wheat is in there. So, um, yep soy so, sauce. Soy sauce is another one as well. So, yep. so we have to check that. So we go through in more detail in the book. Like I said, there's um, recipes, which a lot of our patients enjoy in the book. So go ahead and, um, like I said, pick that up. Lose the gluten, lose your gut, ditch the grain, save your brain. You've been listening to Living Health Live with me, Dr. Tom, and Dr. Stephanie Cheney of Living Health Integrated Medicine in Annapolis. Tune in next Thursday at 1230. Remember, our goal is to help reverse 1 million cases of type 2 diabetes by 2020. You can live your life free of diabetes, fatigue, joint pain. Visit our website at mylivinghealth.com. You can also call our office to make an appointment at 410-216-9180. The information on this show is intended
1: as educational information only. The information given here is designed
0: to help you make informed decisions about your health and is not intended as a substitute for any medical treatment.